righty, folks. Welcome to the podcast. I am Brian Francis, and this podcast is my namesake. Welcome. It is Monday, June 18th, 2018. A balmy day here in Bucks County. Perhaps the warmest day of the year. It certainly feels that way to me, although I haven't consulted the almanac. Not a day for hot coffee, and yet I'm drinking some because I make the sacrifices to make the podcast fantastic each and every week. So that's just what I do to contribute a little bit, but I would like to Oh, maybe get off coffee in the heat of the summer because it is just brutal. I had no desire to drink this coffee today. I wondered maybe an energy drink would be a better route. And I've never dabbled in energy drinks. Frankly, they scare me. They seem like they're made for the younger generation. And given their colorful fonts and marketing schemes, I feel like this is a devil I don't want to dance with. I feel like I would have a coronary almost instantly after drinking uh, one of those like monster energy drinks. But I don't know. Maybe this is what I need to do in the heat of the summer. In the meantime, let me have a nice tug of hot coffee on a 93 degree day. All right, it is... The day after Father's Day, wishing all of the fathers out there a happy Father's Day, if you're celebrating a happy Father's Day. That is a a sort of email I received at work a couple months ago for Valentine's Day, this whole phrase, if you celebrate. It's the sort of phrase we use at work when we're tiptoeing around the minefield of cultures and traditions, and you don't want to offend everyone. If you celebrate Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's I wrote back, I said, I don't celebrate, and I am highly offended that you would even suggest that anyone celebrate this pagan holiday that celebrates erotic love. You, sir, will be hearing from my lawyer. The lawsuit is pending, but... I like that idea of just covering your bases with Happy Father's Day if you celebrate. Maybe you're a father, but you don't want to celebrate it. I don't know. Maybe you're a father and you don't know you're a father. I don't know. I don't know how that works. You're listening to this podcast. Clearly something is not right with you. Anyway, did you celebrate? Did you have fun? I did. I went to the lake on Saturday, which was a lovely day, and then the pool on Sunday, which was an equally lovely day. Now, I planned to do the podcast on Sunday, but I got into a couple Malibu Bay breezes at the pool, folks. I know what you're thinking. Malibu Baby, I didn't know this guy was part of the Hell's Angels. I didn't know this guy was a member of MS-13. I'm not. I'm not, actually. 
I could see how you could misperceive that. Just enjoyed a couple bay breezes poolside. And by the time the Sunday night podcast rolled around, which is a pattern I've been getting into recording these things on Sunday nights, I was a little groggy. A little groggy. And I felt like I wouldn't have given you my best work. I did not have the anger in me that coffee so generously provides. So I had a couple bay breezes. I did a few cannonballs at the pool and a couple can openers. I like to do the full repertoire. And I sat back and relaxed. I checked out Facebook uh, while I was laying on the pool. So many effusive praises by wives about their husbands basically saying they have the greatest husband in the world. My husband is a Prince Charming. I don't know what we would do without him. He is our rock when we... He is the reason I lit. Relax. I know your husband. He came over last weekend. He drank 47 Miller Lights and urinated in my backyard. I don't know if he's the Prince Charming you think he is. Now, I'm by no means elevating myself above your husband. And in truth, I don't have any specific husband in mind, Todd. I just It's just a composite of all of the Facebook posts that I saw. This is a, a medley sort of reaction to that stream that I saw yesterday. I... Um, don't elevate myself above these other husbands, but the praise was a little heavy-handed, don't you think, folks? A little heavy-handed. Most of the dads I know, and myself included, we're not trying that hard, are we? I show up, mostly. I'm interested in what's going on in my kids' lives sometimes, periodically, when it benefits me, but on the whole, what goes on in these Facebook posts versus the real world is quite incongruent. Would that be the word? Facebook and reality are two different things, aren't they? My husband is a prince, is a knight in shining armor. You know, he, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say about your husband, but I'm the same husband. So just relax, ladies, on these Facebook. I mean, who are they intended for? Your husband? Or me? Are you telling me how great your husband is? To whom are you addressing this? You could just tell him. I know. We must rationalize our existence. Show what awesome lives we have. Because if it didn't happen on Facebook, it didn't happen. So I think I've been guilty of this before. So before you call me a hypocrite, I think I've gone down this same path. So leave me alone. Leave me alone. Do as I say, not as I do. We went to the 
lake on Saturday, and it was a lovely lake day, and my wife cracked me up. This is a line and a phrase I've been kicking around all week. So we brought our dog, and we are walking, and another dog started barking at our dog. And the woman said, don't worry, he's all bark. All bark, no bite. And after she passed, my wife turned to me while discussing our dog, whom we believed was a lab mix when we got it from the pound. But after a couple days, upon further inspection, realized we got ourselves a pit bull. My wife responded to this woman who said that her dog was all bark and no bite. Our dog Lucy is all bite, no bark. All bite, no bark. Now, in truth, Lucy is a sweetheart and has never attacked anyone or shown any signs of violence in any way. But I feel like were she to mix, were it to go down, there would be no barking. There would be no posturing. It would just boom. I feel like she would pounce and it would be game over. All bite. No bark. That's our girl Lucy. Luckily, she is a sweetheart. And all she wants in her pit bull life is a belly rub. Yeah, that's how they sell the uh, market these pit bulls at the pound. They call them all sort of euphemism. It's a lab mix. Mm, no, it's not. It's an American Stafford Terrier. Mm, I don't think so. I think that's a pit bull. But I'm a big proponent of Lucy and uh, pit bulls in general. If treated right, they can be the most loving creatures in the world. We are at 198 downloads, folks. You know what that means. I'm going to do a little quick math. Two more and we've hit the 200 mark, which means I've conquered the internet. This podcast has conquered the internet and I can retire. It was always my goal. 200 and out. Only kidding. But thank you for listening. Some very nice numbers, some very nice feedback coming in from people, both personally and over the interwebs. So thank you, and I'm glad you're enjoying the program. <sighs> Father's Day. I'm The thing about kids is... I would be an awful person if I didn't have kids. I feel like my personality is prone to a bit of narcissism. And were it not for kids, that level of narcissism would just be so obnoxiously out of control. You're thinking, well, Brian, it's obnoxiously out of control right now. Let me explain. I think, and I'm, I've self-diagnosed uh, myself, which is redundant, uh, as uh, some narcissistic tendencies, and th this diagnosis extends beyond thinking you're a bit handsome, because I guess I think I'm a little, you know, eh, all right, pretty handsome. Uh, but that, that is the tip of the ice. A true narcissist also has a firm belief that they're great at everything. So you, oh, podcast, sure, let me do that. Books, let me do it. Guitar, yeah, I can do that. So, and like, I think were it not for kids that occupy a lot of my time driving them to and fro, you would just hear more from me, which I think, from your perspective, would just be intolerable. 
enough. Thankfully, children keep me grounded to an extent that I know my limitations. Or I don't, but at least I don't have enough time to pursue all the backward, all the mediocre dreams that I have. My latest narcissistic impulse is I feel in my heart I would be a fantastic record producer. I hear songs and I think about how I could make them better. Put a double guitar in there, I would drop... I would drop the drums out and just have that keyboard run for a little bit and then add the bass back in. And in my mind, not only would I be a podcaster with almost 200 downloads, I'd be a record producer on the realm of Phil Spector. But that's a narcissistic tendency I won't have time to pursue because of my children. And thankfully, so for all of us, for all of humanity, Because what, what would I do at 40 without children? What do my listeners out there that are childless do with their weekends if it's not driving their daughter to cheerleading? If it's not driving the other one to gymnastics, what do you do? I don't know if I could come up with stuff to do anymore at age 40. Ways to play. Weekend after week, the thousands of weekends. I've done everything. You know what 40-year-olds do without children? They do things like, let's do the Star Wars 5K in which we dress up as our favorite Star Wars character and run a 5K. And then we drink craft beer afterwards. These events. Things like this. Fake belief. I'm a fan of the radio program WXPN in Philadelphia, and Talia Schlanger, the morning host, often says, what's going on around town? And it will give you a, a list of uh, what the Lumineers are always playing in town, and uh, there is some Harry Potter beer festival or something or other. I think you have to stop playing at the age of 40. Because I think you're trying too hard. You're not having fun at the Harry Potter Beer Festival while running your 5K in your Obi-Wan outfit. This is forcing yourself to fill your time. And God, I wish I was there with you. God, kids take a lot out of you. And wouldn't I like to be at that craft beer 5K with you? Some days, yes. Some days, no. And this is the tragedy of the narcissist. He seeks to be everywhere at once. Isn't the grass always greener? But I am happy I had children. But I see what you're saying, you 40-somethings. Some things without children. And I respect you equally as well. Nobody's path is right or wrong. It's just that you're dressing up as Boba Fett, and I'm an adult. But being an adult can suck too with kids. I mean, my parties are not as fun as yours at all. 
you're doing these cool things, these craft beer. You know what I do? I go to some suburban kitchen every weekend, and I hear about some guy talk about his U10 soccer team that he coaches. Yeah, Declan's playing U10 now, and uh, he's uh, he's going to play sweeper, but then the coach said we should move him up the winger because he's because his speed. I'm like, really? You're telling me about the soccer skills of a 10-year-old? This is what we're going to do now? I call these U10 parties. Because his speed, the coach thinks they should move. Yeah, I got this Star Wars 5K race I got to go to, so I got to cut out early tonight. There's no bargain on the other side, folks. You got fake believe or you got U10. You got Declan playing U10 which means under 10 for you people without children. So that's it. That's the two sides of the coin. It's hard having children in the sense that not people without children, I don't think can appreciate how time consuming they are. Like I have eight minutes for you and that's it. And that's not me. That's how people with children, I, children live. I have eight minutes I can only do things in eight-minute increments, and then someone else needs me. I can't remember your birthday. I can't. I know we're all putting in at work for the office part. I forgot. I'll give you money. Just remind me. But it's not. It makes one appear to be unbelievably selfish. But really, mentally, you can only juggle four things, and most of those things are connected with your children. So uh, we are not self-consumed. We are merely consumed consumed. And I know people with children may seem thoughtless. He knew the Star Wars 5K was this weekend. Why didn't he reply? We are exhausted. Absolutely exhausted. I know you wanted me to donate $5 for this work party. I forgot. It's not that I don't have the money or I'm trying to get out on it. I'm consumed. See, you got to walk both worlds. You got to have fun. You got to have fun with your kids, without your kids, with your wife, without your wife, with your friends, with your dog. You just got to find that middle path. It's like Eastern religion, right? Find the middle path. So on Facebook, a lot of people last week went to the uh, was it last week or two weeks ago, the Kenny Chesney concert, Kenny Chesney. I'm a big music fan, as you know, if you've listened to previous episodes and if you haven't, boy, do you have a treat in store for yourself. I got to say, this Kenny Chesney has sold out Lincoln Financial Field a couple times, has has down the shore, has had these massive, massive concerts that have coincided with my staying down the shore. And I couldn't point him out of a If he was sitting next to me while I was doing the podcast right now, I wouldn't know who he was. I, I would find it strange that this gentleman was sitting next to me right now. But aside from that, I would not know it was Chesney. I could not tell you a Henny Chesney song. Not one. Not even a, a note, a refrain. 
nothing. How does a man achieve such status, such a rabid following of fans, and remain out of my radar completely? That's quite a feat. Chesney. Are you a Chesney fan? What is it? What am I missing? I feel I would categorize Chesney as one of the bands that the U10 crowd would find acceptable. I think generally sports families don't quite trust music. Isn't it a gateway to dope? And yet, Chesney will sign off on. Chesney, he seems to be unthreatening. What other bands are acceptable by soccer moms, I wonder? You two, nice boys, nice lads from Dublin. They're not threatening. Pink, girl power, Taylor Swift, Beyonce maybe. And then that's it. I think were you to tell the U10 crowd that you were going to see another band, you would be deemed a weirdo. There are only five acceptable bands. And the rest are subversive and dangerous. So, what ha- clearly, none of the bands that I've just mentioned are on my uh, concert calendar upcoming shows, but what have you. I feel like I said what have you, perhaps too many times. The U10 crowd believes that, yes, music is okay, provided it's a recorder. Here, you, oh, you like music? Here's the worst instrument ever. You'll stop liking it after this recorder session. I'm only kidding. I know parents don't dictate that. That's the school dictating, mandating that everyone play the recorder, which is like a flute, but worse. Why would you kill a child's interest in music by giving them the worst instrument in the history of mankind? I really like Led Zeppelin. Here's a flute. Do you like Jethro Tull? Do you like rock flute? Man, I went to an eighth grade or sixth grade, recorder concert the other night. Good times. Good times. Did you record it? Did you get the bootleg? I was near the soundboard, so I got the bootleg. The highlight of the concert was I brought a couple breath mints with me, and every now and again I would just have a breath mint, and I was like, that was good. So, little ways. You amused yourself in little ways. Had a couple mints. That helped pass the time. But everyone played lovely. Everyone played lovely. I know some of these stories are uh, in the same realm and neighborhood. And you know, you know I'm not talking about your son or daughter. It was the other one. Everyone played lovely. I blame the recorder, not the children. So, what else? They, the, the last thing I guess uh, going on with me is uh, in a little over a week, we head off for our summer vacation. One of them, we have a couple trips planned, but this is the big one. 12 days in 
Greece. Greece. My pick. Cradle of Western Civilization. Arts, literature, drama, philosophy, science. So much influenced by those crazy Greeks. I can't wait to see it live. To see the inherent mysticism of Athens. The Acropolis. Those wonderful beaches of Greece. Those islands. We're spending three nights in Athens. A couple nights in and the island of Naxos, and a few more nights in the island of Santorini. If you've ever seen images of Greece and you've seen these white buildings built into the side of a cliff with blue trim, that is the magical town of Santorini. Very much looking forward to seeing all three spots. Cannot wait to go. This was my selection. My wife and I often... Uh, Kind of go back and forth and let the other take the lead on vacation spots. Take another piping hot Starbucks on this 90 degree day. So I selected Greece. And then uh, in preparation for Greece, I just started reading Homer, uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, where my wife did all the intensive work, booking places, Research, culture, itinerary, everything practical she took care of. And I took care of the literature prep. I'm holding the Homer end down of the trip. Because let's face it, I have no practical skills. You need me to figure this out, this, uh, this financing form for you? I can do a podcast about this form. Would that benefit you in any way? It's partly my wife's fault. I did have those skills, but she's so good at these things that that side of my brain has begun to atrophy. Were I to ever need it again, I would be infantile. It's It's been so long since I've needed the left side of my brain. I think that's the hemisphere in which I'm citing, that it is completely atrophied. I can write you a haiku, you need a haiku by Tuesday, I'm your guy. Okay? I don't want you going online trying to find some other, I'm your guy. But there are some other skills that I'm sort of deficient with. Kind of handy. I'm jovial enough. And some other things, particularly in the realm of math and logic, that I find illogical. So I prepared by reading Homer. The Iliad and the Odyssey. I'm on the Iliad now, which is quite fantastic. The Iliad, I selected that one. The Odyssey, you know, it's a little played out. That's the one that everyone is required to read in high school. The Iliad, the more obscure, the B-side. This focuses on the wars in that occurred in Greece. Um, and it is quite fascinating. Agamemnon was just called out by the gods. They said, how come you always hang in the back during battle, huh? Yet you collect all the riches. Pretty good exchange. The Iliad. I'm feeling it. So I'll let you know how it goes, folks. Keep you posted. Can't wait to walk in Greece with images of Greek gods floating through my brain. Because that's how I prepare. I've also been learning some Greek phrases 
Kalinita? Good night. Yes is nah. Creek is very confusing. Yes is nah. Oshi is no, I believe. It's Greek letters, so it's it's unbelievably complicated. But when I go to another country, I try to show the respect by uh, learning a couple phrases, maybe 10, 20 words, and uh, drinking the local brew. Sometimes people get nervous when we say we're going to Europe. What's that like? You going to be okay? I've never had a problem. Learn 10 phrases, smile, drink the local brew. What's the problem? It's not complicated. Humans are humans. The U10 crowd would not trust Greece. Nor would Kenny Chesney. Chesney would be concerned to learn that I'm going to Greece. Now what do you see? I'll get thrown in jail for no reason. He sold a, a Grecian slave. And you'll laugh at me and say, ha, ha, ha. Remember how cocky you were prior to your trip, podcast boy? We're not going to bail you out. You should have went to Disney World. Trying to be, trying to put on airs with your European vacation. I'd be like, you were right. Bail me out, please. Oshi. Oshi. So we'll see. We'll see. The language is difficult, though. But that's, but I, when I go to these other countries, too, I refuse to speak English unless I'm really jammed up. I try to get through with just the 20 words I know because it's more fun and disorienting that way. I would just just try to think of that word and... Uh, now, I know a decent amount of Spanish. The last time we were in Mexico, I don't think I spoke much English at all. Spanglish. Um, and it's disorienting in a fun way. The study of language is interesting. There are some words that exist in other languages that English does not have, nor do they have an equivalent concept for. The most interesting one I've heard is in German, there is a word, and I forget the pronunciation of it, but there is a word that means something where there is no English translation. This German word means this, the feeling of having thought of the perfect thing to say right after the moment occurred. In other words, you had the perfect comeback, but it was just a minute too late. You were driving home and you thought, man. That's what I should have said. There is no English word for this idea, but there is a German word. And again, I'm not quite sure what that is, but I know this feeling. I know this feeling, and this I'm going to bring to the Oxford English Dictionary Committee for an inclusion in the 2018's new words. No tech words. No LOL. I want that German word in there. You find people use LOL like all the time. Hey, it's warm out today, LOL. I'm going to eat some lunch and then watch some television, LOL. Really? What the heck are you laughing at, psycho? The other quirk with English translation is 
something that occurred in the early aughts, the early 2000s, connected with the show on MTV, The Jersey Shore. When that show was syndicated into uh, Japanese, I believe it was a language, Japanese or Chinese, I think it's Japanese. When that show was syndicated in Japan, Japanese scholars and linguists struggled with the translation of the word guido. Guido. They could not bend and torture and twist Japanese to reflect the term, the phrase, actually just the word, the word guido. So they tried and they tried and the closest translation they could come up with for Guido was macaroni bandit. <laughs> A macaroni bandit. Which which I think is a pretty pretty decent translation. Sometimes I felt like a macaroni bandit. So I will give you one more podcast before I become a macaroni bandit and shove off to Greece. Maybe if the technology works, do a live podcast from Greece. But I think not. I think I will. I will. Who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe I will. In the meantime, what I'm doing in the next week and a half is trying not to get hurt. I've declined all invitations to play basketball in the neighborhood, um, and I received some, we'll say, negative feedback for that decision. Have you ever had a trip so that you're so looking forward to that you're trying not to blow your knee out? As soon as I get back, I'm cool with blowing my knee out. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, but until then, I am just sitting almost in a rubber room. It's almost like, let me not get hurt. Let me just wear a rubber suit and sit in a rubber room and await my flight to Athens. Well, folks, this will be the fourth episode in a row that will end on the 36-minute mark. Do you believe in miracles, or am I simply just stopping talking? Maybe it's not that much of a miracle. Maybe it is. I don't know. I want to thank you for joining me. I imagine once this hits the press, we're going to exceed 200 uploads. And, uh, you know, after that, sky's the limit, folks. Sky's the limit. Questions, comments, concerns, contact me at Brian Francis Podcast at Outlook.com. Other than that, enjoy this 90 degree day, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.